Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you? How's your summer going? How is your health, (laughs) your sanity, your career situation? How are all of the things, right? I cannot help you with your health. I cannot help you with your, you know, a lot of things, (laughs) actually. But what I can help you with is your career situation and your attitude about your career situation. Today, I specifically want to talk about reinvention of your career because this is a time that many people are rethinking things. And I want to be very clear in saying that I want to focus on what you want to do as opposed to what you think you must do or what you think you're being forced to do. Um, I recently did an episode on career, episode 121. So it's about I don't know, was that 12 weeks ago? I did an episode on career pivots and reinvention, but I really focused on the pivot part of that. And as I define a pivot, it is like you pivot in basketball. So you keep one foot on the ground and you can move the other foot when you're not dribbling. So to me, what that means in a, in a career sense is that you are keeping one foot in either your industry or your job function and you're pivoting the other. So you're staying in, um, I've got some examples here. So you stay in marketing but you pivot from manufacturing to working in CPG, consumer product goods. You remain working in pharma, but you pivot from a sales position to a marketing position. So you're pivoting. I don't care for the definitions of pivot out there or the maybe the loose use of the word pivot that is being kind of bandied about right now that is kind of, okay, this is what's happened. You know, this is what we we have to do. So let's figure out something else. I really want it to come from a place of deep desire and a passion for something because I don't ever believe that you have to be forced to choose a career because of economic circumstances, world circumstances. I think even within maybe your, maybe your sphere of opportunity has limited because of it could be physical health. It could be, it could be other realities. It could be the industry that you're in, kind of going the way of the dinosaur because of of you know changes in the world and technology. But I never believe that that forces you to choose a certain other career. I don't believe that the universe works that way. I believe that if one door has closed for you, that there is another door that you would love to walk through and be a good fit for. I think for many of us, we kind of just don't allow ourselves that space to dream about what we really want. And we think we have to kind of go in a certain direction. So what I want to talk today about specifically is career reinvention, which is really moving both feet. So again, going back to that analogy, it would be a traveling foul, right? If you were in basketball, but you are starting over. You are using the transferable skills that you developed in whatever field you were in before to be in a new job function and a new industry. And again, I want this to come from a place of this is a passion. This is something I've discovered about myself recently because of whatever else has happened in my life. This is a long held desire that I now want to act on. It makes sense for me at this time in my life, but it's coming from a place of abundance and not a place of scarcity, not a place of I must choose this. I have no other options. 
So let me give you some examples here of clients that I've worked with um, and people that I've known. So a grounds manager for a major league soccer team who then becomes a salesperson for a transportation logistics company. So complete shift. So we're, we're leaving the job function of grounds management and we're leaving the industry of major league sports or sports in general. And we're going into sales for a logistics company. Another one would be a model manager. So she's working in New York City, working for one of the big model agencies. She manages the models, the careers of the models. And she became a quality assurance man manager for a tech startup. So completely different job. But again, with all of these, there were transferable skills because obviously if you don't show that you have these skill sets, this skill set that would be valuable in the new industry and in the new function, they're not going to give you that chance. And then finally, an insurance salesperson who becomes the CEO of a nonprofit. So wants to leave the insurance world behind, becomes the CEO of, of a nonprofit with a cause near and dear to his heart. So the main message that I want to give you here with, with both career pivots and career reinventions is to make sure that you like your reason for the shift. Not telling yourself that you have no choice in the matter, but I want you to come from a place of deciding. I always tell my clients that deciding decisions have two phases. There is the decision and there is the deciding that you've made the right decision. So you have your back about that decision. You don't second guess it. You don't question it. You don't go in kind of testing the water with the big toe, but you're all in. You have done your homework. You've decided that this is the right thing for you. And then you've decided that it's, that's the right decision. You've made it. You're done. It's good. Let's go. Full steam ahead. Now, let's talk about why this is so important that you are coming from a place of what is best for you, what you want for yourself. This is your career. This is you empowering yourself in your career, not letting your career happen to you. I'm fascinated by and, and so aware now in the place that I am in my life when people start talking in a way as if they have no choice in the matter about anything. It could be their career. It could be their love life. It, it could be their health. They absolutely have control over at least aspects of that. They can take that control and not let things happen to them. I also want to make it very clear that when you're making these kinds of decisions, pivots or reinventions, there's no clear right or wrong answer. Now, granted, there are some considerations that you're going to want to make, right? So I'm, you know, 61 years old. And if I'm thinking that the right decision for me is to go into the FBI. Well, guess what? I'm too old. They will not let me in at my age. Um, I'm probably not a good fit for any kind of career that is very physically challenging right now because of my because of my physical issues with my back. So you, there are considerations that you want to take in. I don't. I'm not suggesting that you go blindly into this new career field. What I am suggesting is that you think about what's best for you. You think about where you want to go next in your career, where, what kind of experience you want the next phase of your, of your career path to be and go for it. Take into considerations those physical limitations, income potential, you know, the availability of the jobs in your geographic area, right? So if you're sitting in, I don't know, let's just say Missouri, and you decide that the career that you've always wanted to have is to be a dolphin trainer, and you're not willing to move from the farm in rural Missouri, you see there's a problem there. So it's taking all of those things into consideration. In some cases, it's kind of, which thing do I want more, right? So I really would love to be a dolphin trainer, 
but I love my spouse and he's a farmer and he has a farm and you can't pick up the farm. He can't relocate his job. I'm not willing to be away from him. So it's a decision, again, based on what is best for you and what you want for yourself. So it's not saying, oh, I hate dolphin training or and it's not saying, oh, I really want to be a dolphin trainer, but I can't. It's, oh, I'd really love to be a dolphin trainer, but given the other circumstances of my life that I'm very happy with, I'm not willing to sacrifice them in order to to go become a dolphin dolphin trainer. Let me give you a couple of analogies here. So one of the, the kind of analogies that I give my clients often is having a chair in the middle of the room. So if you're thinking about a particular career, you kind of put that that career on that chair. This is a, a, a word picture that I want to give you. You put that career on that chair and you walk all the way around it, very close to it to observe it from all of its its angles and its perspectives before making that decision. What I see is a lot of people who don't get up close to that career. They look at it from a distance from the next room, from one angle, and decide that that is not the career that they want to pursue. I always think about, when I'm talking about this kind of thing, I think about a colleague that I worked with back at Truman State University. And she was, I don't remember if her degree was in theater, but she was in the theater in New York City very early on as a, you know, 20-something. And she was doing it. She had parts. She was working, I, I think, on Broadway. Uh, I'm not sure if she was working in, you know, th- movies and television or anything. I'm not sure. It's been years ago since I heard her say this. But she thought that that's what she wanted to do. And she recognized after doing it, she was really up close because she was doing it. She saw how she was living kind of paycheck to paycheck, lots of gig jobs to make the the bills, and how all of her friends were kind of living the same way. And, and some of them had been doing it for many, many years. And she decided to walk away from that. That was not the experience that she wanted to have. So it wasn't that she hated the theater. It wasn't that she hated being an actress. It was that she didn't want that life for herself. And she knew exactly what that life was going to be for a while anyway, because she was living it and she was seeing others live it as well. I think about back in the the early aughts, I have always, from a young age, harbored kind of this back, back burner desire to be an interior designer. My mother was an uneducated interior decorator, so she didn't have a degree, she didn't go to college, but she and my, my, my dad, when they were married, they owned a paint and decorating company. She was the decorating part, and then after they divorced and sold the business until she died, she worked at two different uh, paint and decorating companies, and she was their decorating person. So she was very good at what she did um, and just didn't you know do it on the level of an interior designer. So I had it in my head that that's really what I wanted to do. And so I, being the director of the Career Center at the university at the time, I checked out one of our own books out of the library on being an interior designer. And I read that book. So that's my version of kind of standing up close and looking at this this career from all angles. I read a book about it. And what I came away from that book knowing about myself was that I was really attracted to the design part and the creativity part of it. But then I read about how I'd have to know about, you know, handicapped access and, you know, electrical outlets and, um, you know, 
current and all this kind of plumbing. And I didn't want to know all that stuff. I did. I wasn't interested enough to learn all of that stuff in order to become an interior designer. So that was me looking at that, coming up close to that that chair, looking at that career of interior designer on that chair, walking all the way around it and deciding, you know, I think I can just do this at home for fun with myself, keep it at that level and never take it any further. And I'm good with that. I don't feel any lack. I don't feel like I'm being forced to make this decision. I don't feel like I'm, I'm um, it's, it's happening to me. I'm making this decision. So let's take the, let's take an extreme example for illustration here. So let's say that you've been an incredible, an incredibly successful farrier. So that's the guy who puts the shoes on the horses and takes care of their feet, right? So here you are, and you've been living in rural Kentucky, which is horse country, you know, number one, and you've been a very successful farrier. And now your spouse has to move to Los Angeles, California for work. So here you are, a farrier, a horse person moving to Los Angeles. So you have some options, right? Here's here's the four choices that you're kind of thinking of as your options. Number one, you could commute an incredibly long distance so you could keep working as a farrier. There are horses in California. There's a lot of them, but not near necessarily near Los Angeles. So you could also pivot, remember, one foot in and one foot out. So instead of being a farrier in the horse industry, you're going to be a nail technician for dogs and cats, right? So you're you're staying in the animal industry. Let's just call it the animal industry. And you're moving into working in a froofy boutique on Rodeo Drive where you're going to take care of cats and dogs' nails and paint them and all that nonsense. Number three, you could pivot from being a farrier in the horse industry to writing about horse care in a horse magazine. So you're staying in the horse industry, the animal industry, but you're pivoting from serving, providing service to the horses to writing about horses in a magazine called Horse and Hound. Um, That's a Julia Roberts reference if if you are as old as I am. So you maybe you're writing articles in Horse and Hound or you could reinvent yourself, which is really what we're talking about today. So you've decided that you're going to leave behind the farrier business, you're going to leave behind horses, you're going to leave behind all of that and do something else. So then you start thinking, okay, what what would that be? Because that's the question I get a lot of from a lot of my clients is I know what I don't want to do. I have decided to walk away from being a farrier, but I don't know what I want to walk towards. So part of my task then is to draw that out of them and help them to see some patterns, maybe some experiences in their life that really provide the answer for them that they've just been unable to see on their own. So in this situation, maybe you start thinking about how you've really loved to do, like like one of the things that I like to ask my clients is where does your mind go when you're not having to go somewhere, when you're just maybe on a walk or I don't know, whatever, you're just wandering, right? And what do you love to do when you're not working? Because I think that can be very, it it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to do that exact thing, but I think there's a grain in there that you can work with, a, a grain of understanding about yourself that you can then translate into a paid job. So in this situation, here's what you come up with. As a farrier, you really loved marketing your services. So you really loved talking to potential customers. You wanted to offer complimentary services as a way to kind of try you on for size. Um, You had a real active presence on social media, and you really liked that part of the work. So you decide, oh, sales and marketing is the perfect thing for me. So you realize you're very comfortable talking with people. You like selling products and services. 
you also recognize in this process that you like working outdoors, right? So you were outdoors with the horses all the time. You don't want to give that up. So, okay, now I know I want to do something in sales and marketing outdoors. So then you decide to focus your career on sales and marketing positions with animal related companies, right? So you're not, you're sort of maybe quasi pivoting because you're staying in the animal industry, but it's really a stretch to say that because you're taking, you're going out of the, you know, the animal service and you're going into pet products, right? Or pet services. So what are those sales and marketing opportunities where I can still be around animals, maybe not horses, maybe I'm going to be around goats now, but I'm going to sell and market services or products to them. So that's what we're talking about with a career invention. And I have a a process that I take my clients through with questions. We do some assessments and all of those things provide pieces of information that when brought together in the aggregate can really be informative in in making this decision. So next I want to talk about the pros and cons of a career reinvention. So if this is something that you're seriously considering, here are the factors to take into consideration. So the pros, number one, this is an opportunity to reignite your passion. So many people are making this decision to reinvent their career because the flame has gone out, right? They are bored. They are restless in their current career field, or maybe it's gone away from COVID or whatever the circumstance is, but they're ready to reignite a flame. Another pro is that this is an opportunity to meet new people and learn new things and really just expand your skills and expertise. So for those of you that love to learn, this is a great opportunity. And then finally, this is an opportunity for you to choose your career path with intentionality, again, rather than allowing it to happen to you, which is a very empowering experience. So you get that experience of saying, this is where I want to go with my career. This is what I want to do. Now, as you might guess, with career reinvention, there are more cons than pros. Not to say that the cons outweigh the pros. That's for you to decide. But there are more possible cons. So number one, you may have a significant reduction in pay, especially if you've moved up the ladder in your current field. It's very unlikely, not impossible, but it is very unlikely that you're going to be able to take a a lateral pay move into this new career field where you don't have experience and you don't have a track record. Number two, which is closely related, it also means that you're going to become the low person on the totem pole. So you're probably going to have less vacation than you do now. You might have to work weekends and holidays. You might not get the plum assignments, that kind of thing. Next is it may mean that you feel like a a beginner all over again, and there's going to be a steep learning curve. And so you want to think about this career reinvention in the context of your overall life. Do I have the bandwidth right now for a steep learning curve in my job? Or are there other things going on in my life, personal, um, physical, emotional, that may make a steep learning curve very difficult to do and do correctly? Next, it may mean that you need additional formal education and or certification, and that may be before you get the job, and it may be, you know, as long as you get it within the first X number of of months or, or years within getting the job, but there may need to be additional education, and you have to factor that in and the time that it would take to get that. Next, your network may not be in this new industry. So especially if you've been very successful in networking your way into jobs within your current career, you may not have that ability right off the bat. So networking is going to be more challenging, not to say it's not doable, just simply 
to factor that in. Am I willing to build this new network and grow it? Am I willing to have that much longer, likely much longer um, runway to get this new career going? And then finally, because you don't have industry or job function experience, you're likely going to be not be the most desirable candidate. So networking is going to be essential. So we've got this this um, dichotomy here of we don't have a network in this new industry or this new job function, but yet we need it more than ever. So thinking through that and again, deciding is that something I'm willing to tackle? Am I excited about that? Or am I at, at minimum willing to accept that challenge because it gets me where I want to go and I'm excited about this new career field? Or... After looking at all of these cons, I'm not willing to do it. It, it, I've looked at it closely. I've put it in the chair in the middle of the room. I've walked all the way around it, and and I'm like, no, not so much. So let's assume that you do want to go forward with a career invention. Here are the steps that I would recommend you would think about taking, and there are six. Number one, I think working with a career professional, a career coach like me, is essential in this because we have a saying that I love, and it's called you can't read the label of the bottle you're in. So when you're in this body of yours, having this life that you're having, it can be very difficult to see it with objectivity and perspective. So having a career coach that kind of shines a mirror on you and 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 looks at you with um, a fresh set of eyes and a neutral perspective can be super helpful. And of course, someone who is also, um, and I've talked about this on previous podcasts, there's life coaches who help with career, mostly around your thoughts about yourself and your thoughts about your, you know, qualifications. But having someone like me who is also an expert in the job market, who is an actual job search strategist can be super helpful in not only deciding where you want to go, but then helping you get there. Number two, having a professional resume writer who's experienced in career reinvention is super important. You're going to be taking a resume that's geared towards whatever your old career field is and then moving it into this new career field. And it's very difficult if you're not a certified professional resume writer like me, it's very difficult to see how to position your transferable skills. And if you don't make sense on paper, the employer is going to discard you as an applicant. You're never going to get to have that interview. And and if you think you're great in interviews, that's even more frustrating to think, well, I can't get an interview because my resume doesn't show why this job, this career field makes sense um, for an employer to consider me for it. Number three, I love informational interviews. So people who are in that new career field, that new industry, talking with them, getting really clear on how they got in the field, what recommendations they would have for someone like you who wanted to get in the field, what myths they wanted to dispel, those kinds of things. Number four, offer to work for free to show them what you're capable of. Now, you always want to set a timeline on this because you don't want to be working for free for a year. But hey, what if I come in here and work no charge for 30 days? If you love it, then we'll talk about me having the job. And if you don't, I no hard feelings, I'm out of here. But those kinds of things, those creative ways of approaching your job search are, I think, more important than ever in light of the current job market. And, and I think it's really important to understand with that offer to work for free that you have to come from a place of abundance when you offer that. You're coming from a place of belief in yourself that you are so fantastic that all they need is to sample you for a month or however long you set out and they're going to want to hire you. 
as opposed to coming from a place of there's no way anybody's going to hire me. I better give myself away for free or I'm never going to get any job at all. And they probably won't hire me at the end. That's a very different energy and it's not likely to lead to that job offer. All right, number five, network, network, network. As previously stated, more important than ever if you're changing industries and and job functions because they're not necessarily going to see you as the top candidate without that kind of extra input from people they respect, personal knowledge of how great you show up at at your job, that kind of thing. And then finally, I want you to create a realistic household budget to see if this is financially feasible. So what are you willing to give up or do without while you build your new career? So if there's education involved, do I have the money to go to school or can I get loans for that? What's my timeline? You know, what's going on with unemployment right now? So, you know, can I, can I, how long can I run on unemployment? Thinking, you know, what do we have in savings? What can we get rid of? What subscriptions or, or things can we do without for a period of time? Um, to really see if this is feasible because I don't want you to get kind of halfway in and go, oh crap, I've got to have a job tomorrow or I'm going to, my house is going to be taken away. I want you to think about this realistically and logically. So I hope this has helped you in terms of thinking about career pivots, thinking about career reinventions, um, as so many of you are doing right now because of the circumstances of the world. But again, I want to come full circle back around that you're making this decision from a place of abundance. You're making this decision from a place of confidence in yourself. You're making this decision from a place of self-knowledge and self-awareness. And you're moving forward in a direction that you are excited about, not that you feel like you must go in because you have no other options. So as always, I want to be your career coach. Hey, reach out to me on the socials. Uh, Let's see, Instagram at lisa.edwards, Facebook at Exclusive Career Coaching, LinkedIn at Lisa Edwards. Be sure you spell my first name right, L-E-S-A, and you'll find me easily on LinkedIn. I've got big old feet on LinkedIn. And you can always schedule a 45-minute consult with me where we will talk about where you're at now, where you want to go, what you've done to get there, and I will prescribe a solution for you. And that may or may not involve me, but if it does, I'll let you know what it would look like to work with me. So you can see that link in the show notes and schedule that. And also, there's a link in the show notes to weekly free webinars that I'm doing. You can sign up for one of those uh, and um, uh, get get all my wisdom for free. There's no sales pitch at the end. There's no hard pressure. It's up to a full hour of me helping you and coaching you if you're brave enough to let me do so. So I look forward to seeing you next week. And in the meantime, take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.